You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. If you're a Dave Rothenberg Show listener, of course, you know, 1030, that means Stump Rothenberg. We'll, we'll continue that on. Uh, we'll see how we can do this morning. In the past, I've done an excellent job. I think of all the people who fill in for Dave, I don't think anyone has done better than me. Now, nobody can be Dave. It's his segment. But I think that at least of the replacements, I have done by far the best job. So we'll see if we can continue that trend a little bit later uh, this morning. And then, of course, because I'm filling in, I have my own little segment that I usually do on Saturdays when I do my normal show at 3 o'clock, and that is what I learned on TikTok. We'll do that at 11 o'clock. So we got a lot of stuff to do. Certainly want to hear from you at 1-800-919-ESPN. And we have so much on the table to talk about, right? NFL training camps are now open. There are now 40 days until the NFL season opens up. 40 days. That is not a lot of time. Like, if I told you that you had to go to jail for 40 days, uh, you would not be looking forward to that. But I feel like 40 days, eh, I could do 40 days in the jail. Now, prison, that might be something, you know, I don't want a hard time, but like a, a, like a, a minimum security jail, I could do 40 days in jail. I could survive that. And uh, you'll have to do 40 more days before the NFL is back. Uh, Rams and Bills, right, the season opener. We have six more Sundays without the NFL. Six more Sundays before we get to the season opener for the Jets and the Giants. The Jets and Ravens, obviously, the Giants and the Titans. But uh, the NFL stuff is starting to percolate right now. The training camps are open. We got things to talk about with both the Jets and the Giants, but other issues out there, uh, be it Kyler Murray's contract. Oh, my God, we've talked so much about Kyler Murray's contract or Jimmy G, the possibility of him going to the Giants, which makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever, but we'll dive into that a little bit later on. But we also got three days until the baseball trade deadline, which we have to tackle. And as it turns out, in case you missed it, Last night, the Luis Castillo sweepstakes are done. The Reds ace, the top available pitcher that we know of on the market, is now off the market, headed to the Seattle Mariners. Castillo goes for four prospects, two of which are shortstops that are very highly regarded. I believe uh, Edwin Arroyo is uh, the second of the two, the number one guy and one of the top t- 10, 12 prospects in baseball, at least to start the year, was this kid, Noel V. Marte. So the Mariners, who have not made the playoffs since that year where they won 116 games, 2001. The Mariners, good Stump Rothenberg question, have the longest playoff drought of any team in North American sports. It has been 21 years now, and they are in the line to make the playoffs this year, but no guarantees. It's not like they're running away with their division or anything like that. So they've not made the playoffs in two decades. So they are going for it, right? Now, I think you could question, did they really need more pitching? It would seem like if you're the Mariners just taking a look at their team from afar, pitching's what they got. Hitting offense is not is what they need. And I would think now after making such a major move for Luis Castillo, who is a great pitcher, And certainly of the names that are out there, the ones that we know of, he is by far the number one guy. But the Mariners, 23rd in runs scored. 
kind of middle of the road, uh, 15th in OPS. They're 12th in on-base percentage, 12th in home runs. But look, credit to the Mariners. They are going for it. They saw a guy that they said, you know what, we can bring in Luis Castillo. He is going to be a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy. And if we want to beat the Astros, we want to beat all these teams, we need to improve this team. The Mariners are not looking for a bargain. They saw a player, they identified a need, and they paid the price that was necessary to land that player. What a unique approach. What a unique approach. Because the Yankees and Mets, they're clearly the focus here as we get closer to the baseball trade deadline. And for me, a Yankee fan, I'm sure many Yankee fans are not too happy when they saw the news about Luis Castillo because let's go over what we know, right? Like we all have our opinions about the Yankees. Some are right, some are wrong. But let's focus on what we actually know for a fact, things that are not debatable. And then we can get into the weeds as we move along in the show. We are all in agreement that to have a successful season this year, the Yankees must win the World Series. It's not about winning how many games you can win in the regular season. It's not about winning the American League East. It's not about winning a playoff series. It's not really even about beating the Astros. You could beat the Astros and then lose somewhere else along the line, and nobody's going to care that you beat the Astros. Oh, yeah, sure, you beat the Astros, but you lost in the World Series. The only way that the Yankees can have a successful season, a very narrow goal, is to win the World Series. Making the World Series, their organization, if the Mariners made the World Series and lost in four games and got swept in every game and lost every game 10-0, they could still say, you know what, we haven't been in the playoffs in two decades. We had a successful year, even though it didn't end the way we wanted. The only way the Yankees can have a successful season is to win the World Series. That's not debatable, right? Nobody can argue that. Even in in this time where it feels like everybody's opinions are divided, that much is clear. We know that. That's not debatable. It's also not debatable that of all the names of pitchers that are starting pitchers that are available this year, that at least we know of, the best starting pitcher on the market was Luis Castillo. That's not really debatable. He is better than Frankie Montas or or Shane Bieber or anybody else's names who's even been kind of remotely thrown out there. Now, maybe there are guys whose names are actually available that have not have not uh, you know, been reported as of yet. We shall see. Sometimes there are surprises that way. But of the guys that we can take a look at the field and say, okay, this guy's available, this team's looking to trade, this guy and this of the potential trade targets at this year's trade deadline, Luis Castillo was the best guy on the market. Not debatable, right? Also not debatable is with where the Yankees are at, starting pitching has become an area of concern. Ever since Luis Severino's injury, and maybe even before that, we were talking about it before that, but since Severino went down and the future for him is very much kind of wide open, like when he returns, it might be September by the time he returns, given the, the injury that he has, given his injury history. And that was the guy who is lined up, at least, to start like game two of a playoff series. Garrett, Garrett Cole's going to go game one. Luis Severino would go game two. 
But that's not the only reason why the, the concerns are there. If it were only Severino, you'd say, all right, well, that's one thing. We're expected to get him back. But you have Cortez's in, innings. Uh, you have uh, Tyone struggles. I mean, could you imagine the Yankees going into a playoff game? Your starters, Jamison Tyone, hold on to your hats. So that's not really debatable. But yet, that was the guy to go get. That much is clear. And the Yankees didn't get him because why? Because the Yankees are consistently looking for a bargain. That's the Yankees trade philosophy. I want this. And am I willing to give up what needs? To, it's not about giving up what needs to be paid for that. It's always about looking, well, this player that we're getting is worth this. And we can give up this, this, and this, which is like 75 cents. On the, if I can pay less, I like it more. I'm not going to make a trade where I'm overpaying at any time at all. And on the whole, right, like over time, that philosophy is a strong one. That's a good one. Don't pay more than is, is necessary. Wait to, to find something that meets your price or actually that exceeds what you're willing to pay for it. But sometimes you kind of have to leave the hypotheticals aside. Sometimes you got to pay the price that's necessary for a difference maker. Sometimes you have to pay even more for a difference maker. And again, I'll leave myself the caveat of, of the guys we know of, Luis Castillo clearly, not really debatable, would have been the best difference maker to add to the starting rotation. And the Yankees didn't get him. So now they're back to the drawing board looking to improve the rotation, looking to improve a team that it's clear is going to win the American League East. But again, that's not the goal. It's not the, the goal shouldn't be to be one of the best teams in baseball. The goal should be to be the best team in baseball. Well, Gordon, you can't give up your best prospects. Did you see what the Mariners gave? They gave up two of their best prospects. You can't give up your two top guys. Why? When was, when was the last time the Yankees had a prospect as good as Castillo? Because I, I've gone back just to kind of refresh my memory, and I brought this up when we filled in for, for DPH and Rothenberg in, in the conversation about Juan Soto. If you go back five years and look at who the Yankees' top prospects were five years, because right now, all the guys that are at the top of the end, oh, no, you can't trade away Anthony Volpe, and you can't trade away Peraza, and Jason Dominguez, is, he's going to be unbelievable. And maybe, and maybe they will be. Maybe they will be. But probably they won't be. Probably it's not going to turn out how you think. Even if, if one of the guys turns out exactly how you think, that means that probably the other two guys won't. So go back five years, 2017, the Yankees' top prospects in the organization, probably everybody was saying back then what they're all saying about these guys now, were number one was Glaber Torres, who's turned out to be a nice player, two-time All-Star, certainly has rebounded this year from the player he was the last couple of years and has gotten back to the guy he was, maybe not those first two years, but certainly a, a very solid, good Major League player. Maybe not an All-Star, but a very good player. Number two was Clint Frazier. Number three was Blake Rutherford. Number four was Jorge Mateo. Number five was James Caprillion. Remember Chance Adams? Remember Justice Sheffield? 
Those were also guys who were top prospects back then. I, oh, God, you remember the convert? We got to bring up Chance Adams. Chance Adams is the key. We could have had community chest Adams for as good as Chance Adams turned out to be. If you go back 10 years, the Yankee top prospects, 2012, Mason Williams. Oh, boy, yeah, can't wait for Mason Williams to really hit. Gary Sanchez was number two. At least he's actually been in the majors. Slade Heathcott, Tyler Austin, Jorge Campos, somebody by the name of Angelo Gums. So forgive me if I'm not going to be clutching my pearls at the price tag that I would have required to go get Luis Castillo. Because it probably would have cost you an Anthony Volpe or a Peraza or a Dominguez. And they might turn out to be real studs. But history and common sense tells you probably not. And history and common sense tells you if that's the guy who's already been moved before the trade deadline, any other option is probably not going to be as good. So it's already bad enough that the Yankees are clearly not in on Juan Soto, at least not this year. And now they've already lost out on Luis Castillo. So here you have this team where improving it is going to be pretty difficult, right? Like improving this team from where they are, it, 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 it's hard to do. But there are clearly areas that could be upgraded. And it should be about finding difference. Maybe not just about finding a, D, a, a good play. Yes, they upgraded from Joey Gallo by getting Andrew Benatendi. But is that the best player they could get? No. The Yankees seem very content about just adding somebody who's better and who they don't have to pay a full price tag on, right? They can get something that's a bargain. Andrew Benatendi was a bargain. There's a reason why sometimes things are bargains, because they don't turn out to be worth what you think that they're going to be worth. And it seems like the Yankees are content on bargain shopping, only finding the right deal, never overpaying. And maybe that might get them something, but it's not going to get them the best option moving forward. And it's clear Luis Castillo was the best option moving forward. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, so it is uh, Gordon Damer filling in for Dave, 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Uh, So we're talking about the Yankees, and certainly we'll get your phone calls here in a minute. But in case you're just getting up, in case you missed it last night, Luis Castillo off the board. And uh, it's just uh, it's very interesting to me how the Yankees approach things. And it's very interesting to me that some people are still kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt. It's interesting that people are still giving them the benefit of the doubt. When you see what you need to what everything that has played out this year, how we're all in agreement on the goal is how what what's what's in a successful season, what's not a successful season and Areas where you need to upgrade, right? You, kn- you knew you needed a bat, and there are options available to you. But, and how do the Yankees go? Well, they get Andrew Benatendi. And I know there's a, there's a large portion of the fan base, oh, my God, and- we got Andrew Benatendi. That's the guy to get. Lefty bat, he's got a very high batting average. Take a look at his batting average. He's going to put balls in play. He's going to be a guy come the postseason who will help you win because he's not focused on the home run. 
He's not focused on hitting home runs. He's about putting the ball in play. And you got to put the ball in play, right? When the pitching improves in the postseason, it's all about putting the ball in play and, 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 and getting just hits. It's not about home runs. Interesting, though, last year's postseason, if you went through last year's postseason and you went through every single game, the team that out-homered the other, whoever won the home run battle, was 27-4 and four in last year's postseason. No, it seems like a pretty good way to go. I, I don't know. Like power, hitting with power. But the Yankees don't go top shelf. We don't want to go top shelf. And really, they didn't even go like second shelf. They went third shelf. They went with a nice player. Andrew Benatendi is a slightly above average major leaguer who's having a slightly above average year for him. He's having a good year. And he does some things very well. He's a very good outfielder. He's a very good left fielder. Doesn't really have the foot speed to play center, but left field, he can patrol that. Um, even though the Yankees talk about how they don't want to play Aaron Judge in center field as much down the stretch, but, you know, don't know how they're going to solve that. Could have went out and gotten a center fielder. There were better players available. And it's not just Juan Soto. Uh, Brian Reynolds would have been. The, the, the outfielder from the, uh, the Pirates would have been a better option who would have been able to play center field. Uh, I think Ian Happ is a better player than Andrew Benatendi, but those would have cost you more. The Yankees don't want to pay what the price. They want to they get a bargain. They want to get a steal. As opposed to paying what's necessary to, get, to identify a player, that guy's a difference maker, let's go get him. The Yankees are looking for a bargain. And it's kind of interesting. You know, I don't even know how many years ago, 20 years ago at least, Don LaGreca interviewed Frank Layden, who used to run the, the Utah Jazz. And he asked him an excellent question because they were, they were talking about how Utah never won a title, but they were good for such a long period of time. And Don asked Frank Layden, would you rather run an organization and be good for 20 years and never win or kind of be more up and down, but you win a championship at least once? And Frank's late, Frank Layton's answer was, no, I, I definitely want to be just, I want to be good. I want to be good every single year. And it kind of feels like that's the Yankee philosophy now, is to be good every single year. And they're great in terms of a regular season team. They're great. Having a great season. But correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't it seem like they were more aggressive last year to make sure they got in the playoffs than they are this year to make sure they give themselves the best chance to win it all? does to me. The moves they made last year were far more aggressive. So we'll see how it plays out. They still have three days to come up with something. I'm sure they will come up with something. I'm sure they will make a move. It's not going to be the top flight move because that guy's already off the board in Luis Castillo. And again, oh, you're saying if you get Luis Castillo, you win the World Series? Of course not. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how it will play out. Nobody knows how it will play out for the Mariners. Nobody knows how it would have played out if they got Luis Castillo. Is it possible they could get Castillo and, and they still don't win? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't really think it's debatable that he was the best guy in the market and the Yankees decided not to get him because the price was too high. They don't want to give up those prospects. Even though they get prospects every single year, you could trade away your top 10 prospect every single year. And the next year... There will be somebody else that, that people, oh, this guy, no, this guy here and this guy there. 
I'm telling you right now, the Mariners gave up their top two prospects. I'm telling you right now, next year, Mariner fans will be talking about some other person that we're probably not even looking at right now. No, this guy, this is the crown jewel now. That's the crown. The crown jewels change every single year. It's amazing. It's amazing. But the Yankees, again, would rather get a bargain. So when you're looking to upgrade the offense, that doesn't mean Juan Soto. That means Andrew Benatendi gave up. And how could you argue, right? He's a clear upgrade over Joey Gallo. Wouldn't be hard. The old Seinfeld line. You could throw a dart out a window and hit somebody better than Joey Gallo. And what did you give up? You gave up three Class A guys that weren't top 10 prospects within the organization. So how can you give, How can you argue with that? But unfortunately, that's good enough to get you a certain level guy. Ben Attendee probably, you know, clearly is an upgrade over, over um, Joey Gallo. But if you want the top flight guys, you're going to have to pay the price. And it's pretty clear the Yankees are not willing to pay the price. The Yankees go shopping at McDougal's. They don't go shopping at McDonald's, right? They get the, you know, like the cookie aisle where they have the, the you know, the, the Pepperidge Farms are on the main shelf. But then they have those ones that are like the knockoffs down at the bottom. Like it's not, it's not the Oreos or the Hydrox. It's the, the cream betweens or so, you know what I mean? Like they have those, those cookies. That's where the Yankees are. They're looking for a bargain. They're just as good. These are Andrew Benatendi. He's just as good. Frankie Montas, he's just as good. I saw one name. The name that I heard yesterday, I think it was it was a Heyman. Somebody had it. The Yankees are now targeting Montas or maybe Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana? If that's the upgrade, don't bother. I mean, what's the point? I mean, come on. It can't be that hard to find a starting pitcher who's an upgrade over what you have. Come on, please. All right, let's go to the phones. See if you see if anybody could talk me off the ledge. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Mitch is in East Windsor. Mitch, what's going on, my man? How are you? How's it going, Gordon? Uh, it's pretty funny. Um, I guess uh, Washington's just uh, demanding like a ransom. <laughs> yeah. Yes, as they should be. Right. I mean, you're you're getting you're getting a superstar player. Right now, he might be the best hitter in baseball right now, and he's 23 years old. So, yeah, I mean, give it up. I mean, yeah. I'm telling you right now, almost certainly whoever ends up making the deal for Soto will end up not regretting that trade one single second. Yeah, because, like, both of us, I think my daughters and the Yankees being in the World Series, you know, I'm tired of all these, you know, both these teams, have the half the style on is from other organizations. But you look at, I think Aaron Judge is the best hitter, the best player in baseball right now. I mean, well, he's, oh, he's, he's certainly having a better year than Soto, yes. But, um, I mean, he, he should be the American League MVP. All credit to him. Oh. Another great performance last night. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're talking about long term, uh, I think that Soto is, has been the better Only hitter in his careers and is the better long term bet. Well, because he's a little younger. I mean, yeah. what's Judge going to demand next year? How can you be a scout for other superstars and stars when you're going to let Judge go? He's going to get the money. And I, I guess he'll be playing for the Dodgers next year. Man, um, yeah, I mean, that's possible. And, Mitch, thanks for the phone call. Um, somebody's going to pay him, right? I mean, that, that's true. Uh, he's done an amazing job. He bet on himself, and he's clearly going to um, blow away the offer that the Yankees made uh, at the, um, before the, the opening of the season. And I'm sure somebody will pay him. To me, it's not really about the money as much as it is about the years. You don't want to be, 
you know, a guy who's 31, you don't want to be signing for 10 years. We, we see that, like, so often signing contracts and signing free agents, it's about how old that person is and how many prime years can you really expect them to have. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Yankees don't have to, uh, you know, hit $300 million. They don't have to do anything. They have to make the, the, the best offer for Judge. They have to make the best offer. And, and if they, it's, it's just kind of hard for me to believe that they won't make the best offer. Now, maybe they won't. Maybe they've decided that there's much like with trades, right? There's a, there's a certain price we're going to pay, and we're not going to pay a penny more. We're, not, we're looking to get a bargain. We're looking to get a steal. And maybe that means that Aaron Judge goes someplace else. I'm not really concerned about that right now. For all the talk about his contract, we got other pressing things to deal with right now. And, and for everybody, every time Aaron Judge hits a home run, says, oh, you got to pay him. You can't pay him right now. He doesn't want to be paid right now. He wants to wait until after the season. So after the season, there'll be plenty of time. There'll be plenty of time to talk contract and work out a deal, and he'll talk to this team and that team. He'll talk to all the different teams. There's plenty of time for the contract stuff down the road. Let's worry about the now. Let's worry about winning the world. Because, again, the goal of the season is not to pay Aaron Judge. The goal of the season is not to see how great Aaron Judge is. The goal of the season is to win the World Series. So why don't we focus? Focus, people. You got to focus. Subi is in Midtown. Subi, you're next up on uh, the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. You know what this trade reminds me of? The Benatendi trade reminds me of Johnny Damon picking him up. You need a player like that. You need a player like role players like Nick Swisher and all those. But I agree with you. You also need a big bat. And the worst memory is when Altuve went deep on Chapman. It just proved that this game has changed to like a slugging game. And all the big teams have two or three big-time sluggers. And I think, sadly, you do need to pull the trigger and get a Soto, even maybe Otani. You even probably need Otani more than Soto just for the pitching. But it's so sad that, um, you know, the Yankees are always a couple of years late on players like that, like Johnny Damon. Um, they probably need more better role players. Now, they dropped the ball in Gallo. So I think hopefully they don't drop the ball and get not get Soto or Otani. That's it. Uh, all right, Subi. I mean, they're not getting. They're not getting. A, they're not getting Soto. Uh, I mean, if he if, if it's true what everybody is reporting that he's going to get traded before the deadline, they're, they're not in on him. They they added their outfielder. They're not going to go out now and trade major prospects for for Juan Soto. At least not before the trade deadline. Now, if it gets into the off season. And Judge leaves, and the Nationals did not trade him before the trade deadline. Well, maybe there's a way forward there. But, again, that's like Judge's contract. That's way down the road. I'm, I'm focused on the now, people. I'm focused on, on living in the moment, in the present. The future, that's an ima- I mean, that's completely all in our own heads. No, nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. It's about the right now. And the right now is the Yankees should uh, stop acting like they're not the Yankees. What, like, at what point do you get back to being the Yankees? There's actually an interesting cut from Greeny, and Tom, I think you have it there. Jeff Passan was on with Greeny, and he was asked, like, why aren't the Yankees operating like the Yankees when it comes to Juan Soto? Here's Jeff Passan's answer. If I operate like the Yankees, you mean recklessly? Yes, they don't operate like the Yankees anymore. And were I a Yankees fan, I would be thankful for that, not lamenting of the fact. 
That said, there are times and there are moments and there are players where you throw caution to the wind and say, this is somebody for whom I'm going to avoid operating the way that I've operated in recent years. And Juan Soto is that kind of guy. But the Yankees clearly believe that either Anthony Volpe or Oswald Peraza is their shortstop of the future. And they don't want to give up those caliber of players in a deal when they know that sort of thing is going to prompt them to either get a guy like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who's good and who fits in this slugging lineup, but who's nobody's idea of a power hitter or a dominant player at shortstop, or go out in free agency and sign one of those guys for an exorbitant contract. And listen, you're going to have Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Xander Bogart on the free agent market this offseason. Any of them would look great in pinstripes, but if you go and get Juan Soto and have Aaron Judge sticking around with Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole, all of a sudden it's getting into uncomfortable territory for the Yankees with regards to their payroll. Now, one can argue, and I think argue fairly, and I think argue rightly, that the Yankees should have the highest payroll in baseball, and every year they don't is a missed opportunity. But the the truth is, they haven't won a championship since 2009, and the accountability is not necessarily held by fans, but held by the lack of banners that's hanging in Yankee Stadium right now. You got 27, but that 28 has proven awfully elusive at this point, and while the Yankees have been very competitive and a very well-run team, and the envy and many ways of almost every organization in baseball, all that matters is the ring, man. And if they're not in winning rings, then they leave themselves open to questioning. All right, so there's Jeff Passett from Greeny. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. It's time for Diamond Notes, people. And it's brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. And can we, for a second, just talk about how awesome Aaron judges. And I can't wait until he hits however many home runs he hits this year. And when the offseason comes to hear the mental gymnastics that people will put themselves through to try to convince themselves that he's not the American League MVP, uh, because it'll be it, it'll, it'll be downright hysterical listening to. Well, you know, Shohei Otani, even though he's playing on a team that is the worst team in baseball that's actually trying, no, he's more valuable. He, he's so valuable to the Angels. I mean, where would they be without him? That's how valuable he is. But Aaron Judge last night uh, with two more home runs, so now he has 41 on the season, uh, which is ridiculous. He is now on pace to hit 66 this year, which is ridiculous. He now has 41 home runs on the season. The next highest home run hitter in baseball is Kyle Schwarber, who has 32. So Judge is ahead of him by nine. It's just amazing. An amazing season. And and, and we just have to kind of enjoy it in the moment. Like, I get it. I know he's a a free agent after the year. I've heard. uh, It has been brought to my attention. But how about just enjoying in the right now how great he is? And I would say to baseball, you have your best chance to remove that tainted single-season home run mark from the record books. You, you, have a, you have your best, most legitimate chance for somebody to surpass Barry Bonds' 73 home runs. But you got... You got to meet him halfway. Like, Judge is, is doing an amazing job on his own. 
find, scare up some of those baseballs you had a few years ago and just put them into, uh, into circulation and let Judge do the rest. Those ones that were like golf balls, that were like the old Spalding back in the day, get those out of the, out of the I don't know where you keep them, the, the vault, the back offices at Major League Baseball, scare those things up, put them in play, and let Judge do the rest. And you know what? There's a very good – I'm not saying he'll hit 74 – But at the rate he's going right now with the baseballs that you got in play, the fact that for the first time in forever, the three true outcomes are down, and yet this guy is still doing what he's doing, I I think you got a pretty good chance. It's your best chance. It's the best chance you're going to have in a very long time. Nobody is ever going to hit 74 home runs in a season legitimately. So just come along and just put them back into play every once in a while. I'm not saying all at once. I'm not saying during the, season, the series against the Royals exclusively. You can space them out a little bit, but target them and play around with the baseball like you've done a thousand times before, whatever you need to. We need some more offense. Get those baseballs in there. Get a couple of those baseballs in there for Aaron Judge. He's doing the heavy lifting, people. He's doing the heavy lifting. Just as, as Kenny Loggins once sang, meet him halfway across the sky. And that is Diamond Notes. It's brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Picker designed the perfect engagement ring to fit every budget at any of their six area locations. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. You know, it's funny to me that there are, there's a portion of the Yankee fan base it's, it's, that will kill the team no matter what, right? Like, they'll complain about everything. Like, the team was on this record-setting pace. We're talking about 98 Yankees and this year's Yankees and how they compare and blah, 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 blah. And yet there are people call up every single day. What about Joey Gallo? What about – they only look for the negative. Well, yeah, sure, they're winning all these games, but what about October? They're winning all these games, but they lost the Astros. Like, they just look at the negative. They're having this amazing, incredible season, a season that is more unexpected, really, than any season they've had in a very long time. And yet they only focus on the negative. But then there's the, the other side of things where they just, they don't care at all. They're just going to make excuses. Ah, you know, don't, they didn't get Castillo, but they're going to find, you got to trust in, 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 in Brian Cashman. You, you got to believe that they're good. They know what they're doing. Do they know what they're doing? Because we all can agree. Again, I laid it out at the beginning. We all agree. World Series are bust, right? That's the only way to go about things. Nobody's going to give them a pass if they don't win the World Series. No, nobody in their right mind can, can, can create a compelling argument for the Yankees falling short of a World Series title and saying at any point that this was a successful year. doesn't matter how many games they win. They can win every single game the rest of the way in the regular season. If you lose in the playoffs, failure. It's just the way it is. But there are people that will just, you know, give them the benefit of the day. Oh, you know, you got to trust. They know what they do. They can't give up these prospects, Gordon. Well, I've been watching the team long enough to know that all the things they're saying about these guys, they've said about guys in the past, and the guys in the past, very rarely have they ever fired. And this is the time. Here was a guy in Luis Castillo who was clearly the best guy in the market, at least of the guys we know, and the Yankees decided not to pursue him, or at least not land him. I shouldn't say pursue. I'm sure they pursued him. But they did not land him because the price was too high. They can't they can't pay that price. Well, sometimes you get that's the price you got to pay. Like the... the um, the Cubs, when they won their World Series, right? They gave up a very good player in, in Glaber Torres because they needed a closer. They needed to get that, that final piece. And um, 
They they gave up Glaber Torres and they got Araldus Chapman. Do you think there's a single day that the that goes by that the Cubs regret trading away a you know a good player, very solid two-time All-Star player in uh, Luis Castillo? Uh, excuse me, in, in Glaber Torres. Do you think they regret that having won the world? No, probably not. I don't think there's probably been a day that gone has gone by that um, that they've regretted that. But there'll be those out there, you know, Brian can't, you just have to have faith. They'll find somebody. They'll get Frankie Montas. Well, you know, Frankie Montas has a shoulder issue and uh, his shoulder inflammation. Oh, well, you know, they'll find somebody. Yeah. I'm guessing when we get to the trade deadline in a few days, whoever they do end up getting, and I'm sure they'll get somebody, it won't be as good as Luis Castillo. And that's really the point. Get the best. How about going getting the best guy? Rather than getting like the third best guy, the fourth best guy, how about getting the best guy? That's the way I would go. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Talking about the Yankees. Another amazing win last night, beating the Royals. Mets, we got to get into them because we now have a date, people. We finally have a date on Jacob deGrom. Reports are that Tuesday he will be back. He will be facing the Nationals, so we got to get into that in the next hour. But, um, look, I'm a Yankee fan. That's always going to be my major focus, and we've been talking about waiting for deGrom for forever. So there's not really anything new there except for the fact we now finally know what date it is. We're all going to be sitting and waiting and watching and seeing if he returns and is Jacob DeGrom again, or if there's any issues beyond that. Because it's not just about him returning, it's about him staying and being back. And how many starts will he have over the, over the remainder of the regular season and playoffs, and can he stay healthy for all of them? Not just one or two of them. It's not just about that day, obviously. It's about being, coming back and staying back. And that's still a major question. The question now looks like doesn't, it's not about when he returns. That's going to be likely Tuesday. But when he returns, is he going to stay here? Because when was the last time he was able to make, what would you have, 15 starts the rest of the regular season and the postseason? I mean, he made 15 starts all of last year and even then had to leave because of different things. So still a major question. We'll get into that. Uh, but with the Yankees and, and, and the not being able to land Luis Castillo, uh, it's, a, it's a perfect thing of the Yankees' mindset now is they're more focused on being good long-term than being great at any specific moment in time. Because this some trade deadlines, look, every year there's guys that are available, guys you want. This one is pretty unique in that, A, you have a player in Juan Soto who is, this, this never happens. A guy who's arguably the best hitter in the sport who's available at age 23. That doesn't, that doesn't happen very often. There's a reason why that people are bringing up you know, comps for him of Ted Williams or Mickey Mantle. That doesn't happen every single year. That, guy, that type of guy never becomes available because very rarely are, is anybody that good. And the Yankees are, are clearly, at least not right now, in on him. They, they got Andrew Benatendi. Come on, people. We got a guy who hits a bunch of singles. How, how can you beat that? And it's crazy because there's Yankee fans like, yes, we got Ben. Yes, that's the guy we need. What? What are you talking? You realize the, the other guy is way better, right? Like, you should, if you don't, get some help. So that's one. And then the other one is, um, is uh, Luis Castillo, who it might be more egregious in that 
He's clearly the best pitcher that's available. At least with Soto, I guess you can say that's not a move for now. That's a move for that's an organizational move, right? Because if you're going to get him, you're going to sign him to a contract for five hundred million dollars. You're going to sign him for the next decade plus. With Castillo, he's a, he's not a rental. He's you got him for this year. You got him for next year. He's an all-star this year. He's a top-flight pitcher and would certainly solve the, the questions you have about who starts game two. Heck, with the way that Garrett Cole, the unreliability of him, and I, I, Luis Castillo might, might start game one. You might feel better with him starting game one than Garrett Cole. 